0: Please listen carefully.
1: Welcome to Autism in the Wild. The show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, No and Chris.
0: Welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm your host Chris, and I'm Noah. Now I want you to introduce today's guest.
1: So a few episodes ago, we did a podcast where I interviewed where I interviewed my dad, who was, well, to see what his like how it was being a father to kids, multiple children on the spectrum, and how that all that all experience went down. And we decided, hey, we should do an episode like this, but with my mom. same questions and everything. So here we go. Here's Mom,
2: thanks for having me.
1: My first question for you is what was the diagnosis like for you?
2: You mean what happened to get us to the no just point what of was it
0: just what was it like um when we received the diagnosis? Yes,
2: well, we were at a special ed preschool meeting with the team of people who had observed um you and Isaac for. A few months, I believe it was, and those people you know they basically said, You both were on the spectrum, and I don't think they really said autism, but essentially Barbara, who was the school psychologist, said, You know if it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it looks like looks a duck. like a duck, it's a duck.' So, you know, essentially what she was saying was you both had autism spectrum disorder and you both had intellectual disabilities.
1: Okay. Um, what were some of the warning signs you saw before the before the whole diagnosis itself?
2: Well, Isaac didn't really have any language, really, at all. Um, you did have some, although Your language wasn't always meaningful. Um, Sometimes you would repeat words over and over, which is called echolalia. And when you both were younger, neither one of you had the big, warm smiles that most babies or toddlers or infants have when you're, you know, gazing at them. There wasn't that, I don't know if it's called reciprocal, you know, joy, um, but I still don't have
1: the, I still don't have that big warm smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true.
2: <laughs> and and then there are other things too. You were you both were developmentally kind of behind in terms of some of your physical development, certainly speech development. And Noah, you love to read books or you loved when I read books to you, but you liked to just turn the pages and so when the pages would turn, You just enjoyed, instead of looking at the pictures on the books, you kind of enjoyed seeing the book page come into your field of vision and then Mm -hmm. come out of your field of vision. So that was kind of um, one of the things. Also, Isaac loved to spin, and he loved spinning things like wheels, wheels on a stroller. You know, like one time I was um, in the mall, and you both were in a double stroller and Isaac was hanging over the side of the stroller watching the wheels spin because he just loved he just loved the just how it looked Hmm. and so it must have made him happy to do that
0: I remember an exercise that we had Mm -hmm. and he would sit in there and just spin round and round with this kind of head tilted back, and mm-hmm. you just spin round and round. And you would be in a different extra saucer, and you would just go back and forth going, ah, ah, ah. We were entertaining children. You like were, yes. <laughs> <laughs> very much so.
2: Yeah, but there were a lot. I think there were a lot of red flags or indicators. Um, another one was that Isaac really liked water, and that's very common. But he liked just seeing water run out of a faucet, for instance. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he kind of needed to be, you know, swinging from the chandelier at all times. He wanted to be moving all the time, but you preferred, you know, basically, you just preferred me. Otherwise, you just kind of wanted to hang out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Kind of on your own.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
2: makes sense? Yeah.
0: Also, there there were quite a few meltdowns Mm-hmm. I both. both. Are yeah. you referring
2: to my meltdowns? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody well,
0: everyone had a meltdown, I'm sure. Everyone gets a meltdown. But I remember specific times when we would be entering a public place or at a public place, and then one of the kids would just have a meltdown, and we'd have to leave. Mm-hmm. That, and then it wouldn't stop for a long time. So that mm-hmm. was, um, obviously, looking back, that was a red flag. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, just even like going out shopping. Noah, if someone came up to you and this happened often because you were you and Isaac are twins and mm-hmm. people can't stop looking at twins and commenting, but if a stranger approached you and talked to you, you would cry for truly, this is not an exaggeration, an hour. Mm. Because it was just so upsetting. Okay, then. so yeah. that's. And
0: it didn't matter what <coughs> we did. It just, you just, it had to run its course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you want to do the next question? Sure. Is there anything else you wanted to add there?
2: I guess not. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. So, in looking back at our time since the kids were diagnosed, what are some of the things that you've been able to experience? because our kids have autism some of the maybe the people we've met places we've gone experiences we've been a part of what are some of the things that you remember
2: well we've met a lot of really wonderful people who are teachers principals special ed educators social workers psychologists Mm -hmm. We've met a lot of great people who have worked in in therapy with our kids, physical therapists, speech language pathologists, occupational therapists, and some of those people really did feel like family to us, and in some ways many of them still are because we saw them on quite a regular basis. One thing that comes to mind is that we went to Disney World when... I think, Noah, you were in first grade. Yeah, I
1: was in September of 2007.
2: Oh, okay. You would know what date that happened. Not
1: the date, but just on the month. Yeah, I was in 2000. It was like first grade.
2: Okay. Well, we were fortunate enough to be chosen by an organization called the Magical Mix Kids, and they take a number of families every year to Disney World, and we were chosen based on different criteria that we met. So that was a really neat thing but I've we've met a lot of parents also who have kids on the spectrum and I know that if I had different kids, a different situation I would not have m- met most of those people or wouldn't have had as deep of relationships with them as I had or have
0: we went to the autism parents support group and then we became the the leaders of that group for I don't know a couple years two three years probably and that's we met a lot of people there and a lot of the several families that we met there we're still in contact with and Mm -hmm. are good friends with for sure what about different events or speaking engagements or maybe do you want to talk a little bit about some of the writing you've done
2: are we talking about speaking engagements okay
0: I'm talking uh, about all of the above because there's, <laughs> I mean, there's actually been a lot of opportunities. So right.
2: Well, our family has been in the Waterloo Courier, which is our local newspaper. Mm-hmm. We were interviewed several years ago. We've been on TV back when the kids were quite small. We were interviewed, and didn't you go to a TV station one time to be interviewed about something? I yeah. did. I did not.
0: Yeah, Tara Thomas interviewed me. Okay. It was about, uh, an, well, Allison Biteen was coming to speak with our group. Oh yeah. And so I went on the their morning show, or whatever, to promote it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, we've, I guess, as a couple, we've talked to high school students. We've talked to college students. We presented information to physicians one time. I did to some. Well, there was a physician panel. I mean, pretty early on. But then also there was another one where people who were in, who were becoming physicians um, needed some information, and I was able to share with that. But we've done a lot of talking with, I think primarily college students and students who are, tr- you know, in studying to be special ed uh, teachers or speech language pathologists or um, rec leisure type measures, mm-hmm. things like that.
1: Yep. What are some of the, what's some, what are some of the pieces that you've done for like the spectrum for like about autism and stuff
2: like that? Well, I submitted a piece about you when you were, It's a story about when you were Mm -hmm. nine years old and you went to the doctor's office office and you were ill. And it was kind of funny. I mean, Mm -hmm. what what all happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was one of those things where we met a doctor that we hadn't previously seen and she didn't know about your autism and I didn't really feel the need to tell her. So I submitted that story and that story is in a chicken soup for the soul book called Raising Kids on the Spectrum. And after that was published I started um I started a blog and so I wrote um I think I've had the blog for maybe five years.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: Does that sound right? I don't know. Five or know. six years. Okay. But I yeah. I've written I've written consistently although I wouldn't say as regularly as I would like, but certainly every month I make some kind of a an entry. But um I've written about like daily life, some of our adventures, funny stuff, you know, poignant things. I've written about birthdays, about just disability in general. And you know, Mother's Day, sensory things. You know, y- just things that have come up in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I've been published in other places too, not just the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, but I've written some stories that have appeared in newspapers and also some online sites also and magazines.
0: One story in particular you wrote uh, was about experience you had at hy with Isaac. And we go to... We talked about how we go to Hyde Hy- a lot a with lot, Isaac. Yes. And people know us there. And, and so that was a really cool story that you wrote. And it got picked up by Yahoo Parenting, mm-hmm. which is really cool and uh, had a lot of hits on it. Uh, do you want to talk about that story in particular? Just a brief overview.
2: Well, the story really is, was about going with Isaac to the store and feeling seen and feeling appreciated. And um, one of the cashiers said just something kind of simple but meaningful to me and it really struck me. And I went home and wrote it that evening. Um, I submitted it to the Mighty, which is a site about disabilities. And they published it and then later it was picked up by Yahoo Parenting and it was, actually was on the front page of Yahoo Parenting because my cousin, Michael, who I don't talk to on a regular basis on the phone, he texted me or called me one morning and said he saw my article on Yahoo and I didn't really know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm and i thought okay you know why is he calling me because the only reason he would call me maybe would be if someone had died or you know <laughs> like, we are just not in communication by phone so um that was how i learned that that had had been published on yahoo
0: yeah that was pretty exciting when that that all came out uh, i'll i'll provide a link in the show notes on the on the podcast site to that article so you can have an easy find and and click Just to read it, it's an excellent article. So that's cool. Yeah, so you've done a lot of writing. You've done a lot of speaking. Uh, You've done a lot of just talking with parents and meeting with people at coffee shops and just on the phone or on email, people you don't even know that you've never met. You've done a lot of things like that. Just kind of community support. You're very calm. (laughs) and very Sometimes. People, well, people will just come up to you in public, and just start talking to you, like, and tell you tell you their life story. Yeah, it happens all the time. It's, yeah, it, trust it does. Me, it's
1: it's kind of weird.
0: So you have this aura about you that people just can see it, and that they're drawn to you and to share their whole life story. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: in the, yeah, you're in the grocery game broccoli and before you know it, the guy next to you tells just told you why he had his kidney removed or something <laughs> like that. You know, something like that. That isn't too far fetched.
0: No, I I agree, <laughs> Noah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not the only one who has that gift, I guess. But and I'm also not the only person that I know who you know, meets people at coffee shops and talks to there are other mothers and fathers certainly who do that. But yes. Yes. We we have done that, too.
0: Yes. Okay, moving on to another topic. Mm-hmm. So we talked about some of the cool things and opportunities. What are some of the more challenging things uh, of being a parent to kids on the spectrum?
2: Well, I would say one of the biggest ones is that at this point, Isaac is... 17 and he can't stay home by himself and because he can't call 911 or make sure that he's safe if there were an emergency and he also has uh, some trouble communicating so that's not a good situation Um, so I can't just go and do something uh, without considering his needs first so for instance if we go to you know Noah's band concert that's a, a place where Isaac does not prefer to be and he doesn't sometimes act as though he wants to be there so it's easier it's much easier to find someone to stay home with him but it's also you know sometimes difficult to do those things so you know if Chris and I want to go to a movie or something like that it's very rare that we do those things because we are looking for someone to care for him. And it's, it's hard to do things as a couple because, you know, maybe sometimes Chris will go and do something with Henry and Noah. Uh, for instance, go to a football game in Iowa City and I will stay here with Isaac because that's not something that he really would prefer to do. And that's just kind of how it goes. There's very much a back and forth with that where we kind of take turns Mm -hmm. doing that. I would say that was true when we were, when they were all young, when you all were younger too. It's just more pronounced now. I think when I see my peers who have similarly aged kids and they seem to have a lot more freedom in many ways than we do that is sometimes, you know, hard to swallow. Like, oh, you just went for a walk. Hmm. (laughs) How did you manage that? And then I realized, well, uh, their kids are, you know, maybe driving or at a job or at a friend's house. Those are things that don't usually happen here. Mm
0: -hmm. What about when the kids were younger?
2: Well, there were... I guess there still is, but at the time when they were younger, there was a lot more emphasis on maybe need for meeting with school people a lot or going to therapy often. Um, sometimes I would be at the hospital with therapy three times a week because Noah had intense OT that he was doing. In fact, at one time, all three of the kids were doing therapy physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech. And I felt like if I just put a brick on the accelerator of our van, our van could just drive itself to the hospital. I remember
0: when, at the end of one year, we did a calculation of how many appointments the kids went and mm-hmm. did. And it was, I, I wish we ever remember, but it was at least 10 appointments a week. I would say between all the all the different appointments,
2: maybe. Yeah, that seems a little high. <laughs> okay,
0: maybe six to eight. Appointments <laughs> but but a week.
2: when each kid, but the you know the thing was, Noah and Isaac all had OT, PT, and speech, so that's six appointments right there. The and then chiropractic. We, we would do other things, and we also did things like horseback riding and. You, know, you try to do all these things because you hope that they will be beneficial. And so we did a lot of intervention, including a lot of holistic health practice and working with a physician and a whole bunch of other things that took a lot of time.
0: Yeah. So it is is challenging to find time to do things as a couple. And then it's it's challenging to find time to do things for yourself. Mm -hmm. I remember when we were, when the kids were younger, I would feel guilty almost when I would go golfing or something for just a couple hours just because we're so in, we're so involved and so intense and to get away is necessary. But you know, I felt kind of guilty about being able to do that. And I know the other times we actually scheduled some time away, like on a saturday we 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 scheduled mm-hmm. a four hour block where you were kind of off duty, and then I would get four hours where I was off duty mm-hmm. and we could do whatever and that that actually was nice because I think if I could give young parents a tip is if you want to have free time, you really have to schedule it when you have kids, so mm-hmm. especially kids with a lot of needs. And you need to schedule time for yourself. You need to schedule time with your spouse, for sure. And you can't just be spontaneous when you have kids who are in strict schedules. You have to really schedule it. So So true. Yeah. No, do you have any questions or thoughts or anything you want to ask mom about your past?
1: Um... This is always a fun theoretical question. If you were given $10 million to go back and do it all over again, would you?
2: That's an easy one. No. (laughs) Cool. Bleep, no. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. I would never not do it. Mm -hmm. But I would never do it again.
1: I see where you're coming from. Mm Mm-hmm. It was painful enough the first time. I don't think you want to do it the second time.
2: Well, it was good, too. Uh, Believe me, it was an important thing to do Mm -hmm. and to learn from and grow. And I would never want to be denied the opportunity to do it, but I would not do it again. I wouldn't sign up to do it again. There's no amount of money that I would. Yeah, of course. Except.
0: I agree. Yeah. That was my answer, too. Okay. Yeah. So, do you
1: want to
0: wrap this up? Well, I have one more question. Uh, How has having two kids on the spectrum changed you as a person?
2: I certainly look older than my peers. (laughs) 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 That didn't
0: actually happen until we had Henry. (laughs) I don't see any gray hairs yet. I
1: don't know what you're talking about.
2: (laughs) Well, Henry the other day said, this is true, he said... When are you going to give up coloring your hair? (laughs) Are you going to do it forever or are you going to eventually just give up? So, no, there are some gray hairs there, Noah.
0: Said from the child that's given you the gray hair.
2: He may have given me a few. Okay, what was the question again?
0: How has having kids on the spectrum changed you as a person?
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I've gotten less sleep over the years, um. <laughs> but no, seriously, I think I, I do, I do still judge people. Certainly, like everybody else, but I try not. T- I don't think I'm as judgmental as I would have been. Uh, I think I'm more open and more accepting of other people mm-hmm. and other uh, differences. I think my heart is open more. I'm, I'm certainly. I don't know. I'm still calm. How does this work? Shouldn't I be hanging, you know, by the light fixtures and well, I, I think climbing the walls? Maybe I've done that years ago.
0: Well, the one thing I would have to say is over the years, the way that you were able to communicate and work with people at school, you know, you are very collaborative but you are very assertive when you need to be. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, you can, um, you can tell people to go to hell, and they'll say thank you.
2: When it's all said and done, that's and probably done. true. Yeah, but you do it
0: in, in a in a in a way that people understand, respect, and react positively to get the change or the, the actions, like through an IEP or whatever needs to happen for the situation, so mm-hmm. um, not everyone has got the grace that you do in those situations Aww, for sure. thank you. Yeah.
2: No, I know. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um. No do you
0: have any other final questions for Mom? Nope. I think we covered what we need to cover. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share today, Diane?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Certainly if you have a child or two on the spectrum, your life uh, probably is not unfolding as you had imagined years ago. So my advice would be um, find some help. Find people, like-minded people or people who have been there for advice, uh, assistance, resources, etc. Read some books written by people who have autism to find their unique perspective and insight. Believe in your kids. Love them. Find out what kinds of things uh, they can do that they enjoy. Find their strengths and build on those things. Just don't ever give up, really. Just love your kids where they are and know that they will always surprise you and keep a lot of chocolate in the house
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was extremely good advice and I want to thank you for being on the podcast I know that you were a little bit reluctant but I think you did great and there's some great insights for our listeners so I really appreciate that
2: no problem (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome i was very happy to be here in Uh, the in the office right right (laughs) by the kitchen
0: (laughs) in our studio you mean yes okay well until next time thanks for listening